Mr. Collins? Mr. Fritz? Dr. Hattier? Here. Mr. Layfield? Here. Ms. Moses? Here. Mr. Peden? Here. Mrs. Pryor? Here. Dr. Statler? Here. Mrs. Wright? Here. Okay, we have a quorum. Is there a motion to move into executive session? So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? We're now in executive session. <coughs> Public session. And 3.01, 3.02. Approval of the agenda for October the 25th. Have a motion? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Can I have everyone please stand for the posting of the colors followed by the Pledge of Allegiance. may be seated. Three point oh four approval of the regular meeting, meeting minutes from August the twenty third. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? I think it's important to understand that these minutes were not approved at the last board meeting because we went through with them to make sure we were quoted properly um, by the uh, papers and also the Attorney General's office in the ruling. So uh, after reviewing those, it, the minutes are accurate to represent what was said at the board meeting. So with that, there's a motion made and motion seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? 
passes by unanimous vote. 3.05, approval of regular meeting minutes from September the 27th. Motion to accept. So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. 3.06, approval of executive session minutes from September the 27th. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Special recognition. Dr. Owen. Yes, thank you, Mr. Layfield. I'd ask that Dr. Brittingham uh, approach the podium and uh, Dr. Statler could join me uh, in the front. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to one of my favorite nights of the school year. This evening, our community gets to celebrate our 2021-2022 Special Education Ambassadors. Special Education Ambassadors are people that are nominated by their peers, administration, and or the community at large for going above and beyond to specialize in the individual. They are individuals, they are individuals who embrace and promote a culture of support and success for students with disabilities while carrying a positive message of inclusiveness for students with disabilities. These ambassadors serve as role models to their colleagues and the community. Additionally, they support the mission to allow students identified with disabilities to become emotionally, socially, and academically successful learners ready to fulfill their lifelong goals. Sorry. Woo. <laughs> as I look out at the ambassadors selected this year, I'm honored to work with these, beside these individuals day in and day out for our students. I cannot think of a better way to kick off our week our Indian River School, Indian River School District, District Special Education Week. Before we begin our presentation of the ambassadors, I would be remiss if I did not thank the people that make this celebration possible. The Indian River School District Special Ed Task Force, chaired by board member Dr. Heather Statler. Dr. Statler, along with members of the task force, organized the nomination process, planned the activities for the week, and promote this amazing celebration in our community. The task force is made up of Regina Izzo, Melissa Grunewald, Lee Argo, Paige Lyons, Laura Hattier, Brandon Gibbs, Matt Klein-Stuber, and Jenna Truitt. At this time, I'm going to present the ambassadors to all of you, and they will join me on the stage with their principal to receive a certificate in honor of this amazing accomplishment, as well as a pin. Each ambassador being recognized tonight received multiple nominations from their peers, administration, and the community at large. As they walk to the stage with their principals, I'm going to share some words of colleagues, families, and community members that non nominated them for this honor. The principals will also be receiving books to either include in their library or include as read-alouds for Special Education Week. At the elementary level, they'll be receiving the big umbrella. At the secondary level, they'll be receiving fish in a tree. Thank you. All right, our first ambassador representing East Millsboro Elementary, Jessica Yanez, dual certified teacher. <laughs> Jessica works tirelessly all year to meet the needs of her students. She differentiates her instruction and provides countless small groups and individualized opportunities for all students. The atmosphere in her classroom is one of kindness, compassion, and high expectations. 
Or Karen All right, representing the Early Learning Center, Justine Hartshone, speech pathologist. It is, it is obvious that Justine enjoys working with the students at the Early Learning Center. She has a contagious, positive energy that generates excitement amongst all. Her kind manners put the young preschoolers at ease. She also has a compassionate but professional approach when working with parents and families. Justine is a true model of excellence within our district. Representing Georgetown Elementary, Dan Jones, school psychologist. Dan is very knowledgeable in his field. He is patient and informative when presenting information and working with families and staff. I have worked with Dan for many years now and I have never seen him in a bad mood. He is always willing to be a team player and goes above and beyond on behalf of the students in the Indian River School District. Although he's assigned to Georgetown Elementary, you can often find him doing work for all of our schools across the district. Representing Georgetown Middle School, Mark Throm, special education teacher. Mark understands the importance of creating a relationship with his students so that they know he cares and wants to see them succeed. His great personality shows students that he enjoys his job and working with all students. His calm and supportive demeanor make him amazing to be around. Representing Howard Tienis, Corinne Elliott, deaf-blind teacher. <laughs> Corinne knows all the students at Howard Tienis, and when I say all, I mean all. She really takes the time to get to know all of the students, not just those she works with, but those that enter our school every day. She finds avenues in the community to help students and families in need the world needs more Corinne's to support students with different abilities. Representing Indian River, Darren Criswell, special education teacher. Darren is fairly new to special education. However, he tackles each day like an old pro. Students work hard in his class because they feel a connection with Mr. Criswell and know that he wants what's best for them. He also takes the time to write very supportive individual plans for his students. Success is the only option when working with Mr. Criswell. Representing John M. Clayton Elementary is Molly Abbott. She could not be with us tonight, but accepting on her behalf is Principal Alyssa Booth. Ms. Abbott relentlessly advocates for the best interests of her students. Her efforts are extremely admirable as she fights to put her students in a position to be successful. Representing Long Neck Elementary, Lynn Baker, Intensive Learning Center Paraprofessional. Lynn is a paraprofessional in our Intensive Learning Center. She has a heart for working with students that need the most support. She's tough and firm, but loving, and her students know that she cares deeply about them. Anytime you walk into her classroom, she's always working with a student. 
Representing Lord Baltimore Elementary, Jillian Dezernak, school psychologist. She also could not be with us tonight. Jillian is the best school psychologist to ever be a part of our team at Lord Baltimore Elementary. She is so kind and supportive of families. When they leave the building, they know their children are in good hands. Her ability to write behavior improvement plans is an asset across the district, and she's always willing to help out in any school anywhere. Representing Millsboro Middle School, Josh Lee, Student Success Suite Special Education Teacher. Accepting on his behalf, Mr. Brazier. My son has formed a special bond with Mr. Lee. He has become more than a teacher to him. He is a true mentor. The pep talks and pats on the back may seem like so little to some, but to my son, they are everything. I promise there's not a kinder soul working within the Indian River School District. Representing North Georgetown Elementary, Chelsea Wharton, dual certified teacher. <laughs> Chelsea does a great job with her busy schedule. She is amazing with students and keeps on top of the overwhelming amount of paperwork required in the special education world. She goes above and beyond every minute of every day. Representing Philip Shaw, Mr. Kevin Reed, one-on-one -on -one special educational special education paraprofessional. <laughs> Mr. Reed works in the Intensive Learning Center and provides one-to-one -one support for students with a high level of need. He has high expectations for students and pushes slash supports them to be their best. We are so lucky to have him at Philip Shaw. Representing Selbyville Middle School, Patricia Emmett, ILC Special Education Teacher. <laughs> Tricia works so hard with all of her students. She has a wide spectrum of students on her caseload, but comes up with creative ways to help them all be successful. We are lucky to have her in our school. When you walk into her classroom, it is clear that building relationships with her students and setting high instructional expectations come first. Representing Southern Delaware School of the Arts, Richard Franco, American Sign Language Interpreter. <laughs> Mr. Franco works as a one-on-one -on -one American Sign Language Interpreter in our school. However, he has become an integral part of the classroom for all students. His energy and joy spreads across the whole school. You cannot be around him without smiling. The top three words that describe Mr. Franco are kindness, joy spreader, and team player. Representing Sussex Central High School, Dr. Amy Mooney, special education high need teacher. <laughs> Amy exemplifies the qualities of an excellent special educator. She works tirelessly to do her job as special education coordinator and high-level support teacher. She makes home visits when families struggle to attend meetings or need additional support. She navigates complex services to ensure that students' needs are being met. The most important qualities that she uses to support our students and families are calmness and kindness. As you have heard here tonight, these edu educators make a positive impact on some of our neediest students across the district. It is educators like these on the stage that embody unique qualities that help us as we in the Indian River School District strive to specialize in the individual. 
One of my favorite quotes is by Albert Einstein and states, only a life lived in service to others is worth li living. To each and every one of you on this stage tonight, a heartfelt thank you for your service to the students of the Indian River School District, from all of us administrators in the community at large and the school board. Thank you for, um, to the community for your attention as we've celebrated our ambassadors and let's give them an amazing round of applause. Thank you, Dr. Owens. Thank you, Dr. Stadler. 5.01, public comments. We've got a few people signed up to speak this evening. Uh, we'll start off with uh, Harley Tidwell, Sussex Central Student Council. Hello. So I'm just here to give you guys an update of the things that are going on around the school so far this year. So starting off, the week of October 14th was homecoming week, which was a big success. Uh, we sold over 600 tickets to the dance, which was held outside, which was a comparative amount to the years prior. Um, our drum major, Liberty Hanzer, was named Homecoming Queen, and senior drumline member, David Bohenick, was named Homecoming King. As for the football game, we beat Milford, we beat Milford 31 to 7, and our marching band was able to continue the tradition of playing through the halls of the school um, the day of. As for our athletics, all of our fall sports teams have a winning record so far. And um, for our athlete of the month this month, we um, recognize Vernaya Reed, who plans to continue her volleyball and educational career at James Madison University next year. We've also started a new tradition for our senior athletes, where they recognize a staff member that has impacted them during their time at Sussex Central and they knock on their classroom door of the chosen teacher and pose for a picture with their jersey. Our clubs have been really productive so far. Um, this Wednesday, some of our FFA members will be attending uh, Nationals, which is held in Indianapolis, Indiana. Our Interact Club attended the Long Neck Rotary Meals of Hope packaging event, where we helped package 50,000 meals, which will go to needy families in Kent and Sussex County. We had 26 students from the Drama Club and some of our choir students traveled to the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair, which was held on October 7th, to compete in, in a Shakespeare theater and magical competition against other schools from Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Delaware. Our JROTC battalion supported the VFW's Fall Adopt a Highway mission, picking up 16 bags of trash and five gallons of oil along the Avenue of Honor. And our marching band has increased to 70 members within the first few weeks of school and premiered our brand new uniforms at the October 1st football game. 
and our band is also preparing for four Christmas parades within the first two weeks of December. Also this school year, the staff members are trying something new where we no they nominate students that they feel are behaving the night way, which is respectful, responsible, and resilient. And these nominated students will receive a goodie bag and certificate to recognize their efforts. Finally, next month, we'll begin our Giving Tree Project, where the school recognizes approximately five to six families in need, and staff and students are able to donate various items which go to these students during Christmas time. In years prior, Sussex Central has donated hundreds of dollars and upwards of 200 items to these families in need. And that's everything for me. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Tidwell. Uh, next person signed up is uh, Mrs. Carter. Good evening, ma'am. Good evening. I have stood before you at every board meeting this year, unapologetically trying to be the voice of logic in a very illogical state and nation. In August, I said, I quote, I caution you that I will be documenting issues my children have with masks. I will hold each of you personally accountable for any future medical issues, including mental health my children have with or from masks. In September, I asked you, quote, at what point does your moral compass outweigh your budget concerns? The state and quite honestly, the district has created a sense of fear in teachers that these masks must be on at all costs. Last month, there were no children present at the board meeting, yet all of you except Dr. Hattier and Mr. Fritz paraded in with masks, and I applaud those two and thank them. You set the tone for the district. The building principals sitting in this room see it and know the same is expected of them in their buildings. On Friday, my daughter had her mask taped to her face. I want to be clear. I do not fault the teacher who was lovely, caring, and adored by my daughter. I stand here tonight to fight on behalf of those teachers who've been placed in the most unreasonable of circumstances. This teacher just wanted to stop my daughter's glasses from fogging up. She loves my daughter and doesn't want her to struggle any more than she already does. I emailed you all at 6.15 Friday morning, letting you know my concern over this. At 3 o'clock, I found out it had happened, and I immediately emailed you all again, and it wasn't until then that you began to investigate. I bet you're wishing this happened to any other parent but me. This will end, and it should end tonight. My daughter said to me Friday night, Mommy, that tape was on so tight, it hurt so bad. Please don't let them do that to me again. I told her we're done with masks, and she immediately said, Oh, no, 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 I will be in so much trouble. Please don't do that. You've created very good foot soldiers of your elementary students. When does common sense prevail? I don't expect you all to keep my kids from being sick, but I most definitely expect you to keep them from physical and mental harm. Until you signal otherwise, teachers will continue to feel that their hands are tied, and taping a mask to a face will continue to make more sense in terms of what will get them reprimanded than taking the stupid thing off. Because taking the mask off would have also stopped my daughter's glasses from fogging up, and it wouldn't have left the mark like the medical tape did. This is a systemic problem. That teacher was only doing what I am certain she thought the district expected of her. She's not at fault. You could have interceded on Friday. Parents of this district should not have to be funding the legal fight of this. We trusted you. We elected you. You have the ability and resources to fight this, and by choosing not to, you stand complicit. You have COVID money. Fight for the children of your district. I spoke with an attorney today, a good one, who said he is happy to help you fight this. And I stand before you now to tell you that I'm willing to work with you as the parent voice to fight alongside you. You can't change now what happened to my daughter on Friday, but how you respond to it and the actions you take against this mandate is being watched. I had another speech written tonight. I was ready to march in here. 
and tape you all up with medical tape. Because I'm tired. I love my daughter. I love her teachers. But for once, will you all with your actions show that you love our kids and your teachers too? This is enough. Don't let this happen to someone else. Thank you, Mrs. Carter. Roy Whitaker. Good evening. It's my pleasure to be here, and uh, thank you for calling on me. As I signed in, you may have questioned, why is somebody from Seaford here? I have grandchildren in the state also who attend schools here. I was the facilities director, much like Mr. Booth, for 20 years in Seaford. My department was nationally recognized for doing a great job. We practiced the EPA Tools for Schools Indoor Air Quality Procedures. We also practiced EPA Energy Star Procedures. I actually wrote a white paper, and I apologize for not getting it to this board in front of me tonight. That white paper covered aerosol contaminants in K-12 HVAC systems, heating, ventilating, air conditioning. Every classroom has them. This room here has it, and it needs to be addressed. But there are simple things that we can do to address them to maybe shy away from the mass. I'm not a medical person. I'm not a statistics person. But I spent 20 years working with HVAC and actually also taught it at Dell Tech um, and I offer that white paper to this board in front of me that it may help you. Um, it was released a year and a half ago, uh, even sent over to D.C., but all we've heard so far is crickets because there seems to be agendas at work. So, uh, any interest? If you've got it, I'll take a look at it. Your name, sir? Hattier, H-A-T-T-I-E-R. I'll get it to you tomorrow morning, sir. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a good night. Thank you, Mr. Whitaker. And Kim Willis. wondering when are we going to get back to teaching the kids instead of worrying about the masks. So much of the educational time is still being spent over the masks. The kids taking them off, the kids not covering their nose. Our educational system and scores are going down just to keep these masks up. I have never once seen where the governor actually gave the Secretary of Education these emergency powers. It's not listed in any of his emergency orders. You guys could fight this. They won't give us the Freedom of Information Act paperwork. You guys need to actually see where the governor gave her these powers, because it's on none of the paperwork. She is using emergency powers that's not on any paperwork. You guys could fight this, and you should fight this. You should represent the kids in your district. You should take up for them. Thank you. 
Thank you, Mrs. Willis. Is there anyone that would like to speak that did not sign up this evening? Hearing or seeing none, moving on. Ma'am? Good evening, everyone. My name is Sarah Merlo. I was not planning on speaking this evening. I did not have anything prepared. This is my first board meeting, and I wanted to come and listen and get to know everyone, learn what was going on here. So I apologize for not being prepared in advance, but I did feel compelled to speak up. Um, I hear everyone tonight being very impassioned about their children and their children's education, and I applaud that. And I feel like in the last year and a half to two years, so many of us have just been doing the best that we can under very challenging circumstances. But I feel compelled to stand up and represent the alternative point of view in that I do believe in the masks. I hate them. I personally have a very hard time wearing them, but I do every single time that I go out and I'm around people. My children hate them, but they wear them. And they wear them not only at school, but when we go to any store, we have not eaten inside a restaurant in two years. We have just barely started doing things like getting our hair cut. My children would not be attending in person this year if there was not a mask requirement in place. And in fact, the only reason that I have had them attend in person this year is because I was worried about their psychological health and to a certain extent their educational progress if they stayed home for another year. So I appreciate that the mask mandate is in place. I do not at all know the facts that happened with the child who had the mask taped. That sounds very concerning to me, but I appreciate that I don't know the facts. But please continue to protect our kids. One of the things that I really had wanted to speak to people about once I got the sense of the board and got to know people and got caught up is can we please consider, or I would be happy to talk with anyone who wants to consider options for spending more time outside for our kids, particularly our older kids. I have one child in middle school now this year and he is sorely missing lack of outside time. And I've been addressing these things on a local school district level or on a local school level. And I very much appreciate the teachers and principals who have listened to me and put up with me and answered my emails and my phone calls. But I felt like we should start to think about these things on a district level. And it's so easy to get kids outside for lunchtime. 15 seconds. Oh, thank you very much. See, I didn't know the requirements of the timing. But if anyone would like to speak about outdoor options, I'm from New England. We do it lots of places. I'd be happy to talk to anyone. Thank you for listening tonight. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. New business, 6.01, school choice application. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Apologize. Does anyone like to speak? We still we're in our 15-minute window. Go right ahead, sir. Your name? I'm Jake Bushler. I'm a kindergarten teacher at Lord Baltimore Elementary School. Uh, first of all, we all need to recognize that 
we have one of the most amazing school boards in this district, I mean in the state, and we have historically one of the best districts in the state. And I know that because I am a product of it, and I'm right back here teaching. We cannot take away that local responsibility that we've had that has made us so amazing over the years. And I just want us to recognize that it's because of them. And we gotta, we gotta stay towards that. So we have amazing students and parents. We have a booming economy of where people want to move, and a major reason is our schools. And when we start to group us in with the rest of the schools in the state, we're going to stoop down to their level. And it is, it is a competition. And we are competing, and we're doing a great job. Um, and I, I don't want to come up here and talk and try to get a, a, a three-minute punchline in there because it's, that's not how we make any kind of progress. And I do want to see some progress in the schools. I love my job. I am a kindergarten teacher. I have the best job in the world. I love my administration, and I feel like I've talked with some school board members, and I'm comfortable doing that. However, if we get to a certain point, we have to think of the unintended consequences of these mandates and how it's going to affect students, how it's going to affect staff. Because one of the things I like to teach my students is uh, the seven habits of highly affected people. And habit number one is be proactive. I'm in charge. I make choices. And right now, people are talking about forcing this, forcing that. No, we need to step up and choose what we are going to do. And if it gets to a certain point where there is a vaccine mandate for teachers, I will choose to walk away because of it on principle. I'm not sharing my vaccination status. Right now, we have a mandate that went in place on September 28th, and we still do not have a plan, and it is supposed to start on November 1st. It, and that's not from our district. That's not incompetence there. They, had, they haven't found out either, all right? Or they're just putting it together. Instead of trying to talk about what I feel, right now, I am standing out front of LB uh, before my workday starts at 7.55, and today I held just a sign, I love my job, because it's true. And I invite anybody Okay, the last lady who just spoke, I know that we probably differ on a lot of things. I invite you to come out and speak with me because I want to hear. If I'm wrong, I want to be wrong now. I don't want to take this to my grave. And instead, I want to just give people some options of some people that you can actually listen to out there right now that are giving you a different perspective. George Gammon is a great person. Um, he talks about the difference between because of COVID and because of the government response to COVID. If it is a government response, you need to start to defend why you are doing that and stop saying because of COVID. It's not because of COVID that you could have to wear your mask while you walk to the uh, restaurant table and they can magically take it off when you get there. That is the government's response to COVID. Dr. Ron Paul with the Liberty, Re Liberty Report talking about how we need to honor our constitution. Uh, Andy Frisella with the Real AF, that's his initials podcast. In June, I was uh, 245 pounds. This summer, instead of taking it off as a teacher, I did a program called 75 Hard, lost 35 pounds and uh, help my mental toughness and prepare me for this school year. So we have an amazing district. We cannot lose that, and we need to start speaking up. Any other speakers this evening? Seeing none, we'll move on. New business, 6.01, school choice applications, 2021-2022 school year, October. Sir, good evening everyone. On your board docket tonight, you will see a total of 12 school choice applications uh, for the month of October. Uh, these applications have been reviewed by the building principals and also district office personnel as well. And we are asking to accept all 12 of these applications. And you can see they are all priority number ones. Motion to accept. 
second or first is there a second? second second motion made and second any further discussion all those in favor say aye aye, aye. those opposed passes by unanimous vote thank you mr lewis thank you 6.02-2021-2022 unit count. Yes, as Mr. Smith approaches the podium to give you some additional unit count information, I will tell you that as we closed out September 30th, we did close with 10,651 students, um, and she will share with you how that, uh, how we're represented in terms of overall units for our district. Good evening. So those units, or those students, translate to 830.58 units. Um, that is less than the estimated unit count at, in spring that DOE does. We are guaranteed 98% of those units, which is 853.58. So we will have those level of units this year. That's the second year we're taking the guarantee. Um, we are one of a handful of school districts doing that in the state that did not fully recover. And that guarantee is 1.96 units higher than we were last year. Any questions? Any further discussion? Thank you. Thank you. 6.03, American Education Week resolution, November 15th through 19th, sir. Yes, if I could ask Dr. Jerns to join us at the podium. Good evening, everyone. American Education Week is slated for November 15th through the 19th, 2021. Great public schools, a basic right, and our responsibility. Whereas throughout American history, schools have helped democratize our nation, strengthen our communities, and widen opportunities for all people. And whereas by integrating different groups through commonly shared values, schools prepare this nation's diverse population to live harmoniously in a democratic society. And whereas education employees strive continually to serve our children and our communities with dedication, professionalism, and compassion. And whereas for generations our schools have answered the call to cultivate the future leaders of our families, our communities, and our nation. And whereas there is no greater legacy than the sound education of our children. Now therefore, the Board of Education of the Indian River School District hereby proclaims November 15th through the 19th, 2021, as American Education Week. Signed, Dr. Owens, Superintendent, and Rodney Layfield, President of the Board. And we would need a uh, motion to accept this resolution for November 15th through the 19th in recognition of American Education Week. So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Pass it by unanimous vote. 6.04, Sussex Central High School cheer competition proposal. Yes, at our recent uh, finance committee meeting, uh, Dr. Layfield shared a proposal submitted by the Sussex Central High School athletic director. It is within your board docs uh, there in front of you. And I know Dr. Layfield is here. He can answer any questions. They are looking to uh, start up a 
uh, competition cheer team at Sussex Central. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 6.05, water filing stations, water filling stations. Yes, we, we also discussed these at our recent committee meetings and uh, we looked into these water filling stations and we do have a few schools that have these uh, in them where students can place their water jug, bottle, what have you, and they're filled as we're not using our current water fountains, they can take the place of that. Uh, they're removed and the water filling stations can uh, take the place. We talk, spoke recently with uh, Mr. Toomey, who is uh, spending a lot of money thus far this year on uh, getting bottled water for our schools, for our students, and we feel like this will be uh, much more um, fiscally responsible as we move throughout the rest of the school year and consider uh, upgrading our schools. So Mrs. Smith is here. She has some additional details. Yes, we have been since last year using our COVID funds to purchase bottled water for the schools with the closing of the water fountains. Um, so far in the first 29 days of school this year, we've spent over $17,000 in water. So we're projecting for another 85,000 for the rest of the school year. On top of that, um, we're now experiencing supply chain issues and being able to get the bottled water into the schools. Um, so a quick pricing shows that filling stations are about $1,100 um, for the filling station itself, not including installation. Um, so we thought that would be a more cost-effective way to provide the water. And much what more you, friendlier on the environment, too, I'd say. Yeah. Um, what do you? The what's the water source that's going to go into the station? It would come through the regular water lines, I believe. Okay. Joe, any problems with water quality for that? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Any further discussion? Is there a motion to accept the uh, water filling station? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. Thank, Thank you. 6.06, .06, Indian River High School UTV. Yes, as with the other items, this was discussed. I'd ask if Mr. Uh, Williams could join us at the podium to discuss uh, further the use of a school utility vehicle um, at the school. This is, would be used for uh, the constables, security, uh, getting uh, uh, across the grounds, as well as athletics, I believe, but he can share further. Yes, thank you, Dr. Owens. We put in a request last month at the Finance Committee to purchase a UTV. Uh, the athletic department currently has one that is uh, 16 years old, used strictly for athletics. We have uh, noticed some increasingly need for this over the past few years. Those of you that aren't familiar, Indian River High School sits on almost 160 acres. We've had issues with people leaving campus or students being uh, at risk um, and trying to track down students who may be in need. Um, we had just an incident a few weeks ago that sort of sparked this where we uh, had a 
a student who had left school grounds and we were you know, on foot trying to find them. Our campus has a lot of trails in the wooded area. Cross country utilizes that. Um, unfortunately, vehicles can't enter a lot of those areas. And just with the things that we currently rent one for with prom, homecoming, uh, our graduations, uh, we thought it would be in the best interest if we could you know, approach the board to purchase one of these for our school to use for security purposes. It would not be a, a maintenance vehicle, it would be more for our constables and school security and special events that we have. Um, we currently borrow them when we have these special events and we'd, we'd like to purchase one and have there in our building. I can answer any questions that you might have about that. Sir, you say you have one that's 16 years old right now? Currently, yes. 2005. And you also rent one for we, special We events? borrow one from um, some of our staff members for current events, graduation. We utilize the one from DSP. Um, but we had our homecoming this weekend, and we utilized a golf cart from a donation. Um, and uh, again, you know, our homecoming this year was outdoors, as you probably are aware of. And it was just really nice to have that vehicle to be able to go back and forth to parking lots. Kids were outside of the tent using the event. Uh, that was just one need for it. Again, the, the safety issue is what's concerned us. We've had a couple students who have been in crisis that have left the building and we've had to search for them. And just the timeliness of, of having something to, to be able to get on and, and use for that, we thought our constable salt could definitely benefit our school. Again, it was sparked a, a, from an incident that we had recently at our high school. Okay, I'm looking at some of the, the UTV quotes. Mm -hmm. um, they range quite a bit. Right. Okay, so what is it you're really looking for or <clears throat> asking for from us? Because one of them was like 12 grand and down as low as 60 some hundred. Right, so we reached out to local companies who sell UTVs and golf carts just to get quotes. And you can see it was sort of all over, they range anywhere, I think, mm -hmm. from 6,500 to almost 15,000, depending on what options you get on them. That was just to give us a general area of what it would be. If approved, we could get updated quotes and, and decide on what would be the most feasible and physically you know, responsible one to purchase. That was just a, a variety from the four local dealers that are in our area. We are looking to get just either a golf cart, whether it's electric or gas, four-seater where we can transport people back and forth and and carry equipment when needed and things of that. We're not as wrapped up on which one we get. We just would really like to have a vehicle there. Okay. I support the idea, but I'd be a lot happier personally if you came with a specific unit with a specific cost as opposed to, you know, the range that we have here. Well, I did. I was asked that at the finance committee, and the which I could not attend. Regrettably, okay. I'm sorry. So the one from Inland Motorsports was a gas-powered, and that was the one that you know I believe it was 73.95. Okay. So that was more on the lower end of the quotes, and that was <coughs> one of the ones we were interested in. Or the comparable to that, the one to that would be. Uh, 6,500, which would be an electric golf cart. They were very comparable in price. One was electric, one was gas. There was a quote in there for 16,000. That was just, you know, obviously we, you know, we would not go that direction when there's better right. prices. 
Would we be able to get school colors on the vehicle? What we'd like to do, if we get it approved, it could do it, then we would uh, get it lettered with school colors and logo. We, we want it to stand out as a, a vehicle. A lot of high schools around the state have these. Um, a lot of constables at high schools have them assigned to them. Again, it would be used for safety and security and events. We're not, gonna, we're not planning on using it for athletics or maintenance because we want to keep it up and, and current and, and not be a work vehicle. Um, so we would get it lettered and logoed. What kind of battery life can you expect on one of these? They, the battery life on those is anywhere, they say, from five to six years. And you've got a bank of what, six batteries? Six batteries. To replace the six batteries, you're looking at about $1,000. That's what I thought. That's why we were sort of looking, um, you know, the other option was the gas, mm -hmm. and um, they would, you know, the, the quotes are local, so we, you know, we did, if there was a service issue that was needed, we would be able to rely on them for any service or warranted items or anything of that nature. I'm a fan of the gas operation, not the battery operation. Yeah. I hear Ditto. too many concerns and problems with that. They're nice and quiet, but I don't think your purpose is noise no and that was the one that that we shared at the finance that we preferred we've used a very similar one with dsp that mr layfield i'm sure you're familiar with um this one's a little bit smaller than that one that's used at the fair and for graduation but very similar and you know gas powered and operated I'm comfortable making a motion to move forward with looking into a gas-operated UTV for us to vote on in the future, rather than voting I for approval tonight. So I'm going to make a motion that you, you continue to research yep. and move forward with this uh, and look at buying, uh, <coughs> comparing compatible gas-operated uh, UTVs to bring to uh, finance or excuse me, building and grounds. Am I correct? Well, I thought that's what we did the other night. You got your comparable quote, so it was a it was a decision as to whether you wanted it to be battery operated or gas, and you're saying gas at the at the tune of the sixty five hundred dollars, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. At the the other, I can tell you the other gas one we looked at was a Polaris, uh -huh. and oh. they're about fifteen thousand mm -hmm. dollars. Now we'd like to have the Polaris, but <laughs> it's quite a bit more money. I think there's several other options out there. Gas. I when do we, too. When we continue to move forward with this, yeah. look into comparable gas, and then. We'll make a good selection. There's not a lot available. We contacted Bakers. We contacted David A. Banks. A lot of them are not available until um, the Bakers is telling me next fall, mm -hmm. uh, about a year out. Um, David A. Banks has uh, two brands that they do at the Cub Cadet dealer. He said he would not have them until probably summer. Um, and that's why we ended up at Inland in Selbyville, and then there was a Power Motorsports in Salisbury that does Polaris, but again, it was double the price, so mm -hmm. we didn't think that would be feasible. So if so you, if you like that, that I can provide that quote, but it was uh, just under $15,000. Mike, so Inland is available for you to get now? They have them in stock, yes. And that's why we were just trying to move on it, just because of mm -hmm. the availability. Sometimes to get quality, you have to pay for it. Yep. If we could compare gas-operated UTVs and bring it in front of the board, I'd be in favor of it. That's, that's my motion. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion upon it? All those in favor, say aye. 
Aye. Aye. Those opposed? No. You poll the board, Mr. Troublefield. Mr. Castle? Yes. Dr. Hadier? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Ms. Moses? Yes. Mr. Peden? Yes. Mrs. Fryer? No. Dr. Statler? Yes. 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 I'm sorry. Mrs. Wright? No. Six yes, two no, zero abstentions. So it passes by majority vote. Mr. Williams, you can just look into those gas and, and bring back in front of the board. I, I, I think we're in favor of the operation of it. I just think there's comparable options out there with gas we can move forward with. I think the Omaha Power Sports offers multiple different brand names there to get beyond the Eclairs. Understood. 6.07, John M. Clayton Elementary Court Lighting. Yes, this is uh, a while back we had given approval for the pickleball group to uh, add lighting to the facility. Uh, I believe they're having some uh, difficulty with raising those funds. I think they reached out to Dr. Hattier. I don't really have an update on where they are. Uh, I have it on as an action item. This may need to be tabled to we can check back in with them. Dr. Hattier, I don't know if they... I think tabling it without... I know they've raised a substantial amount of money. They're short of, call it three to 5000 6000 and I know they've raised substantially more <coughs> than that, but I don't have the, the numbers, so tabling it, I think, would be the best thing to do at this time. Okay, thank you, Dr. Hatter. We'll table 6.07 and also 6.08. Bus driver proposed salary. We want to table that. Yes, I, discussion. I ask that we table that because we can't uh, look at the scale without the policy. So we do have a policy to review um, with you. However, um, any movement on the, the, the scale we should not do tonight. Thanks, sir. 6.09 homebound instructor pay. We're asking the board to take a vote for our current teachers and paras who serve as homebound instructors to get their hourly rate of pay in lieu of the amount that the board voted for. We had a flat amount, 34.65 an hour. We're asking that I, not paras, but for teachers, we approve an hourly rate. We're having difficulty getting homebound instructors this year, and we need homebound instructors for our students who are on homebound services um, and so we're asking the board to take a vote for this school year only to have the homebound instructor pay for teachers be their hourly rate their standard hourly rate that we're already paying them yes in lieu of the flat 34.65 an hour it would be their hourly rate is there a motion to accept so moved motion made is there a second second Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Thank you. Passes by unanimous vote. 610. Yes, Title IX coordinator. Don't yes, leave six, yet, Celeste. 610, 611, and 612 also, uh, all three uh, acknowledge who will be handling various coordinator responsibilities in our district this year. 6.10, Title IX coordinator. Uh, the recommendation is. Mrs. Celeste Bunting. Okay. Let's go through each one. Each one. 6.11, 504 coordinator. The recommendation is Dr. Renee Jerns. And 6.12, the ADA coordinator, Mr. Joseph Booth. Motion to accept uh, those names and those positions 6.10, 6.11, and 6.12. Is there a motion? 
So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 613, vaccination or vaccination or testing requirement. Yeah, so in late September, we got word uh, from the governor's office that there would be a vaccination or testing requirement for our employees on October 15th. The official order was issued and we began planning for uh, the implementation of this. We worked with our principals here recently. We've talked with uh, Mrs. Dulles from uh, DSEA, as well as others at the state uh, level in order to try to determine implementation as we waited for uh, what was released last week, which is the formal regulation. The regulation is really the, the, the rule book that we would uh, need to operate by. So uh, once we had that last week, I believe it was Tuesday, we began uh, work on our processes and procedures. Since then, we've learned that the data service center is available to us to, uh, to act as the platform to house the information. Uh, those that are vaccinated would upload their vaccination information. Those that are not vaccinated would be asked to re receive a test weekly, each every seven days, and that could also be uploaded to the data service center. That system has the ability to pull reports for us so we can follow um, who needs support potentially for uploading information and who needs uh, or who needs help in general. So uh, there are additional procedures and Mrs. Blannard is here with us in terms of uh, regular testing. That is our, uh, our biggest hurdle, I believe. We've looked into several options here and I think she can share some of the options that we have available for us for those staff members that would need to test uh, weekly. So we did um, consult with the State Department regarding available testing options. There is an opportunity for employees to access an online portal. They would indicate their home zip code or they could indicate the zip code where they work and testing locations would be available for their choice. Additionally, there is a vault test. This is a test that's mailed to your home. If you would choose that option, you would self-administer the test. You would be um, receiving guidance from a medical official on your phone or computer, and then you would mail that test in free of charge. So what we're trying to do is look at all available options to make sure that our employees have opportunities to be tested readily. So in addition to our employees, there is uh, Part of the order is contractors and vo volunteers who work regularly with our students. We will work with those contractors. We met with the bus contractors last week and, and the volunteers to have a secure spreadsheet for them to um, provide that information that we could uh, assist them. So again, this will go into effect November 1st. We are prepared to um, share information as soon as tomorrow with our staff in terms of how this will, will look and then uh, it'll be up to Data Service Center to open the platform uh, on that date so faculty can begin uploading information. Okay, is that platform currently ready and operational? As of last week, we were told it will be ready and operational on November 1st. It is not currently open. Okay, so like a lot of their other programs, we're told that something will work, we'll see. Okay, the next thing is we have over a thousand employees in this district 
there are other districts that all have the, the November 1st deadline. Do they really think they're going to have a capability of handling all this at the same time? And if not, which I don't think they will, um, what are the plans for our people who are going to be struggling to get into this and fighting um, all at the same time, basically, on that one day? So what kind of ultimate deadline are you giving our people, the third, the fifth? Because it ain't happening on the first. I'm sorry that's logistically not going to occur. Yes, we've not talked about the, the grace period. We will need to establish that, but I would think, uh, you know, at least a week, 10 days to allow people to get in. Fine. I know we've talked with Charlie Ruggiero and Carissa Pepper, uh, our, our data folks. They are prepared to support. Charlie is prepared to deploy members of his team out to the schools to facilitate that if needed. So um, he's ready and, and able to do that as well. But certainly a grace period is going to be needed in order for us to get this up and rolling. Okay, the next question then would be, are you going to let all the schools try signing up at the same time, or are you going to try saying one school first and then another and another just to get the uh, um, get it moving smoother with less crowding on, uh, on the website? So many of our employees already have data service access, so it's just a matter of logging in and uploading that information. It's used for our, um, uh, our leave process. It's also used for the evaluation process and it's used statewide for other processes. And Charlie is here. I don't know if, Charlie, you want to kind of give us a, your take on how this may or, or may not flow. Thank you. Yeah, I, I can only speculate. Um, I can tell you uh, the, the program would be fairly simple. We do have an early access period uh, tomorrow. We're going to have a meeting with them so we can check it out. But uh, I know there's, uh, you know, nightmare stories of e-school going down and those sorts of things. I don't think it's going to be like that. Um, I do believe Data Service Center will have the capacity, but I can't see the future. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think a 10-day grace period is wise. Okay. <laughs> That's basically what I want to hear is a grace period. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you, Charlie. And if I could just add, we, we did receive questions from the union regarding confidentiality with this portal. Mm -hmm. So we would maintain employee confidentiality. That information would be stored in a secure portal. The other question that also came up was, if testing is readily available close to where I work, would I have an opportunity during my lunch time or my planning period or free time to be able to run out and be tested? And the answer to that would be yes. We want to make every effort to make this convenient and accessible as much as possible for our employees. This is just in the discussion item, not a voting or action item, because that's correct. We're going to have further discussion on this. I'm sure. I hear you. Any further discussion? Dr. Owens, we get it covered? Yes. Yep. <clears throat> Old business, 7.01, new Sussex Central High School major capital planning. Yes, on October 28th, Sussex County Planning and Zoning Agenda will include the preliminary site plan for the new Sussex Central High School. As you know, we applied for and were granted a change uh, of zone and are no longer under a conditional use. These plans will be reviewed by the uh, Planning and Zoning Department and go to the Planning and Zoning Committee for final consideration. The meeting will be in person in county chambers. The preliminary traffic impact study report number three has been uh, submitted to DelDOT. We hope to have final answers in December. As reported at Buildings and Grounds Committee meeting, the DOE has approved the schematic design document on October 18, 2021, signed by Laura Horsey from DOE Capital Projects Management. 
And uh, as discussed at the buildings and grounds meeting at length, I want to uh, discuss our alternates because questions have been raised with regard to our schematic design alternates or options, uh, specifically related to our external fields and athletic entrances. I do want to commend our architects and design team as they provided us with many options related to uh, the full capacity of, of our building. And uh, unfortunately, as discussed last month, some of those uh, options are unable to make it into the base project. We do have an obligation, as we discussed, to ensure that the project comes in under bid. So there were many alternates that were discussed, but I want to assure this group uh, and those here with us tonight that our focus has been on the academic elements of Sussex Central High School, uh, including uh, all the, the departments that have been considered and given input. Um, unfortunately, the, the things like the science wing, uh, portions of the renovations, are listed as alternates, but I want to assure this group uh, that as we've discussed that those are the items that need to be placed into this project first and foremost. And uh, our other challenge is the, the market that we are currently in. Our hope is, is on bid, that on bid day we have uh, successful bids and or the state supports us through um, some uh, market pressure funding. But I do want to just acknowledge that we've worked hard to develop these options and uh, we would be prioritizing. In addition, it's important to note as we discussed and as, as shared with our, our, our building team that no options get moved forward unless the board votes. So anytime we want to consider any of those options, um, start to finish, I think there's eight or nine alternates now, the board would need to make that determination. And some of those alternates may be for uh, the potential options for the site. Uh, as we design buildings, we make sure we design them for their full potential and master plan for what these buildings could be, not just now or five years or 10 years from now, but even, even longer in terms of additions or just full potential of that site. So some of those alternates, including some of, those, uh, some of the fields and some of the athletic entrances, those things, those may be longer range plans, but they are on as alternates now to enable us to continue to develop and design those should we, uh, as a board, determine that we want to move forward with any, any of those options? And again, most importantly, if the, the funding is available for us. So I can answer any questions. I do know we have um, our, some of our building teams and, and uh, architect teams here to answer any questions for us. Um, just for clarity for the audience, um, how many millions of dollars are we short at this particular point to complete what we had told the public we were going to be doing? In terms of the academic elements, I believe that's all we, I'm interested in. The, yeah. the, the internal academic elements, I believe we're 12 to 15 million short. And then to look at some of the exterior options, which we will need to have additional fields placed on the site just to, to um, be able to supply for our students and, and uh, exterior athletics. So those uh, are additional funds up to 20 million, I believe. Okay, but don't some of the fields that we're going to be putting in, aren't those replacement fields for ones that are going to be lost in the construction? That's correct. Okay, so that's not really a new item then. That is a simply keeping what we have and replacing it, much like what we did when we built Sussex Central here in the first place. Correct. Okay, so if you calculate that number in, what are we looking at roughly? 20 million for the whole? 
package you, 15. If you, yeah, if you look at the science wing, the auditorium renovations, mm -hmm. the auxiliary gym, which also would include ROTC, the farm, the exterior ag building, and the indoor running track that would be used for PE, that's 17645369 So again, any of those elements we could prioritize first, I would say. The first priority obviously would be the obviously. science wing, that's 7.2 million. Then I would look at the auditorium renovation, that's 2.9 million, auxiliary gym 3.3. After that, you look at the athletic entrance, which would include the uh, locker rooms, bathrooms, uh, everything leading into the facility, as well as uh, at, at two buildings and grounds meetings ago, we had said, I believe Mr. Fritz and maybe yourself had asked, hey, give us some pricing. What would it cost to have the full bleacher set up as well as right. lightings? So if we needed to use that down the road, that facility, in addition to the existing facility, uh, stadium field, that would be 8.4 million. That's with everything, the entrance and um, seating and lighting. That can be broken down further if need be. In addition, uh, we talked about the middle school softball and baseball fields. We're in discussions now of whether those should be included in this package at all, so those may not be included. Well, were they mentioned at all when we brought this to the public years ago? I looked back and the, the, um, the design that was the, the provided included four additional fields. Okay. So it was two on the end, what was between the two schools, and then two, uh, what I believe were probably uh, additional baseball and softball fields. Okay. That was just a design that we had mocked up from Fern and Clendaniel at the time, who we were doing work with, to allow us to have some sort of uh, conceptual plan to provide within the referendum. So that's what was in those PowerPoints. All right, but a nice stadium with extra seats and all that was not what we originally proposed. Okay. No. So I just want to be clear that what we're trying to do here is simply to do what we were what we told the public we were going to be doing when we put this out for the original bids. So a stadium, while it might be nice to know how much it would cost to put one in, which is, you know, decent, um, in point of fact, that's not something that needs to be done now uh, or at any time for that matter. Okay. The other alternates I think that we do need to make an effort to get at, and I know attending the legislative meeting that I did a couple weeks back with the state, we're not the only district in this boat. There's an awful lot of people who were short an awful lot of money for what they told the public they were going to do, and I think they're calling it, what, market pressure? Mm -hmm. Some schools have already gotten theirs, and I, I think in our case, we're still arguing for it. Yes. Okay. So, Jay, a question from when we had the meeting the other night. There are, there are alternates on there that were not included in the referendum, correct? So those were the ones, correct me if I'm wrong, those were the ones that we were going to let the public know that no matter what money we get are not going to be included in this because they weren't part of the referendum, which is the stadium, the turf feel, the, there's, I think, three or four options, maybe more than that. Am I correct? So there's the practice fields, there's the turf field, which through our discussions we've uh, thought we should, should not pursue that any further, and then the athletic entrance. There was the middle school and baseball fields, which we're looking at as well. Uh, so those were all included as part of the alternates. And again, as we talked to um, Carl and team, that would be something we had looked at as part of the master planning of the entire facility as well as maybe future potential. But in, in terms of this referendum, 
it did not include a, a brand new stadium or with seating and like right. Review in the minutes. We already approved these alternates, right? Yeah. To move forward with. It's just a matter of us as money comes available to move through it. So. Well, I believe we approved them, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, to see what to, to the design portion, not necessarily that we were going to do it. Right. But if you're already kicking it up, let's just see what the total picture is. And that part I do agree with. Right. Um, but I think for the most part, we need to deliver what what we told the public we were going to deliver at the time which is the, the big issue to me, the science wing, the other stuff you mentioned, um, and we need to get the state to cough up the difference for us. And, and Carl is here. Carl, I don't know if you can talk about how we would maneuver through the alternates over the next, I don't know, year or so. Sure, thank you. Uh, I think what was our understanding at the last board meeting, the approval was, as you said, to uh, move forward with designing all the alternates. Yes. But there's certainly by no means acceptance of it from any any point of view. Um, there will be at least there will be three other points that we become before the board with more refined versions of it, the design. So at that point, you could decide to pull the plug on any or all alternates, conceivably, um, and that would be at the next design development. Um, actually, before it goes to bid, we have to come to before, mm -hmm. before you and say this is what we plan to put to bid. You could say at that point, nope stop or don't bid it. And then after the bidding is done, which we would recommend, you probably want to take it through that point. So then you actually get the bids back and then you can decide, you know, we want to pursue this or not. So I think everybody from our team uh, and, the, and the design uh, administrative team knows what the prioritization of this is. But given our directive from the last thing, uh, from the last uh, board meeting, it was like, well, let's, let's take this to its natural completion just so we understand what the cost truly is. Right. Um, whether you build it or not. So, um, and we, we, we think that's advisable to kind of stick with that, that approach now. Okay. Thank you. Building a $126 million building, it's good to have board input, constant discussion as yep. we move forward. So I think I that's think so important too. as we move through because sometimes it's been some quiet nights when we discuss what's going on with the, uh, the building of the school. So it's great to get input from everyone and everyone understands what they're voting for or not as it approaches. Correct. So. Any further discussion? 7.01. 7.02, Howard T. Ennis. Work is continuing at a steady pace, although a major holdup on our roof insulation materials will delay substantial completion date. Uh, right now, we are looking at the end of August, which is a concern, obviously, when you're looking to move into a school. So the holdup with the insulation, with the roofing, uh, does push us back. I think. Uh, at our last meeting, we had said uh, we'll know more specifically in February, I believe, so we can make some decisions at that point. Uh, this material comes from Owens Corner and is manufactured in Texas, so um, some of the storms and hurricanes and COVID have delayed production. Uh, we, uh, we are hoping for shipment in early November, and then we'll be able, I'll be able to come back and kind of give you an update. But if we continue with this delay to August, uh, the team and the board will need to make some decisions on uh, when we want to move in. So we've gone from early May to late May, but because of this now we're looking at August. That's correct. Beyond their control. I think work's going exceptionally well over there. And uh, I thought the 
ceremony that was held there was was awesome. Nice job putting that together, Doctor. But uh, we've been keeping track of this and kind of chuckling when we say May 2022, May 2022, and now we're August 2022. So let's let's hope that's a, the only delay. I do have some additional updates. Uh, work is also progressing on the playground and furniture selection. Both of these will happen through state bid vendor services. We also expect to have the next bid packet uh, on security and technology ready for the state's My Marketplace in December. Um, and lastly, we would like to inform the board on two allowance approval notifications. The first is under the unforeseen conditions allowance for $124,499. 64 to Kent construction for undercutting unsuitable soils, leaving us with 238,767 and uh, six cents uh, at in that particular line item. The second allowance authorization is for Denrex required well pointing again for Kent construction in the amount of 28,803 and 45 cents, leaving a total of 46,196 and 55 cents left in the well-pointing contingency allowance. There is a more detailed explanation in the buildings and grounds minutes. Both of these have been reviewed and approved by the district architects, Fern and Clendaniel for that Howard Tiennes project. Any further discussion or questions on Howard Tiennes? Does that wrap up Howard Tiennes? Yes, sir. 7.03, GW Carver consent update. Dr. Brittingham. Good evening. Just two quick updates. Dr. Linda Wren, the special master appointed by the court for the Carver consent order, has an update that's due to the court on November 6th. So we've compiled all of the needed information for her report. And Mrs. Blannard and Mrs. Kanzak and I met with her today to finalize a lot of that work. Um, all former Carver students that are still enrolled in the school district have been attending school or attending their current placement and are making progress. So we're having really good attendance this year with those students. Any questions? Thank you all. Thank you, ma'am. Committee reports, 8.01, building and grounds. Doc? Well, we're gonna let Mr. Booth handle this because I was unable to make the meeting. And apparently an awful lot of things took place, many of which have already been covered. Mr. Booth. Yes, they have. Thank you, Doc. Uh, good evening. Uh, the minor cap, the brief report was presented and proposed projects that are on, under consideration for the coming year uh, were mentioned. In major cap, uh, the new Ennis uh, report consisted of the two allowance authorizations that uh, Dr. O was just alluded to. Uh, the new Sussex Central project, uh, we heard discussion about the proposed alternates and the ongoing negotiations with artesian water concerning the central water supply and consideration of taking over the districts existing plants. Uh, and under old business, the Indy River High School natural gas uh, was reported uh, that it was under construction and near finish. Uh, the startup of boilers, boilers will be the next step. A brief description and report of the work order support system or center, detailed outstanding work orders and completion totals. It was reported that the stadium stands removal at Georgetown Middle and, and uh, John M. Clayton were very close to complete. I visited them this afternoon and they, and they are completed. Uh, the new stands were supposed to be shipped on October 22nd. Um, a brief report <coughs> on the ongoing replacement of cooling towers revealed a concern 
and the equipment delivery date. Uh, the project is expected to start after the cooling season of the fall uh, 2022. Uh, the Town of Millsboro proposal uh, for reclaimed water use was tabled until the next committee meeting for additional information and the presentation of a proposed contract that can be reviewed by the district's legal counsel. Uh, Long Neck Drainage Report from Sussex County Conservation District was discussed and it was expressed that the suggestions be considered and completed as soon as possible. Um, school security grant progress was reported with Selbyville Middle currently using their new secure entrance in Indian River High School in the construction stage of theirs. Uh, they're using service days to perform the work as to not to disturb the staff and students. Under new business, uh, Sussex Central a modular relocation was discussed and the site plan will be presented at the next meeting. Sussex Central relocation of baseball and softball fields uh, due to the new construction of the school was proposed to be on the north side of the property and a plan with price estimates uh, hopefully be presented at the next meeting. And Ennis Pool discussion on retaining that facility was discussed briefly uh, due to time constraints. Uh, but will be explored at future committee meetings. Are there any questions? Any questions, any further discussion? Hearing none. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Booth. Doc, anything you add or? Nope. Okay, we're doing good. 8.02, comprehensive school safety. Mr. Kappa. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Layfield. So as of October 20th of this year, all schools within the district have completed their 2021-22 Campus Emergency Response Safety Plan. These plans have been reviewed and certified by DEMA, which is Delaware's Emergency Management Agency. And that's all for school safety. Thank you, sir. Any questions? 6.03, finance. Ma'am. The topics of conversation at Finance Committee, um, these have already been discussed tonight. The Sussex Central Competition Cheerleading Squad, the Indian River High School UTV, the JMC Pickleball Court, the Bottled Water Filling Station, the Bus Driver and Bus Aids, and the Homebound Instructor Pay. We also discussed um, extra hours for teachers the extra five hours per week that we paid last year um, was required by both teaching the hybrid and remote students. Um, that was budgeted for or with our COVID or ESSER funds, and we did not budget for that um, for this school year due to being fully reopened. I also provided an update on the small purchase procedures and thresholds from the state. Um, a couple months back, the board voted on the procedures for projects that will come to the board. That was based on the state's bid thresholds, which they increased on September 1st. And then we discussed the financial reports that are later in the agenda tonight. Thank you kindly. Any Thank questions? You. Thank you. Thank you. 8.04 curriculum, Dr. Statler. Thank you. So we met on the 18th and uh, Marissa Hockman and Jennifer Lavalette provided a presentation for our group um, about shadowing multilingual learners in the district. This project will help us to create awareness and a focus on the specific needs of multilingual learners. Um, and it will also provide us 
qualitative data that we need um, to help us to uh, expand our professional development in this area this year. Nika Reed uh, provided a presentation about our yellow ribbon uh, program, which is used as suicide prevention in all of our schools. All of our counselors have been trained in the protocol for the yellow ribbon and have the resources that they need to support our students. Counseling pilot groups, uh, counseling groups, uh, pilot update. This is uh, Delaware's answer, Regulation 508 to how we provide tiered system supports to students and not only um, the academic area, but also behavior, social, and emotional support. Um, our district expectation is that each school counseling team will implement these small groups for seven week intervention cycles. And the small group sessions align with our school counselor standards and uh, we'll have groups that may include things like anxiety, academic performance, emotional regulation, conflict resolution, social skills, coping skills, etc. Special Education Week is this week, so congratulations again to all of our ambassadors that were honored this evening. Um, special Education is doing a, a great deal of professional learning in our schools right now. We have IEP goal writing training, which will happen in October and November in small groups in all of our buildings. Our special education float teachers are meeting with all new case managers to do um, a lot of one-on-one -on -one IEP draft training, which is very much needed. Um, they're hoping to schedule multiple sessions. And in November, we're also offering a co-teaching professional learning opportunity for about 30 teachers. Um, these, are, these sessions are held after school, so kudos to the teachers that are participating in these. Um, and there will be additional sessions offered as the school year progresses. We also have a renewed focus uh, working monthly with our uh, admin teams and principals to look at discipline data in the district in order to support schools with addressing student needs really at that school level. So uh, we look forward to the information that we'll be able to, to glean from that as well. Thank you. Any questions? Thank you, Dr. Stammer. 8.05, DSBA Board of Directors. We did not have a meeting. Okay. 8.06, DSBA Legislative. Doc? Okay. Uh, we were up there a couple Wednesdays back, and it was a very, very busy and intense meeting. Uh, a lot of things were covered, and in order to not sit here all night, I'd like to break that up into a, maybe next month as well. Okay, because there were just a lot of different things that I think we need to be aware of and it would take too long. Um, to what Dr. Statler just said, the Delaware School Board is committed, this is their list of their priorities, is very committed to mental and behavioral health services. Um, they recognize, as we all do, that the roles of schools has grown from strictly educational and we're now being called upon to su provide supports for student, family, social, emotional, and mental behavioral needs. Um, they are working hard to get us extra money to be able to do that. In that line, the DSBA is working for a student-based unit funding system, same as we have. However, they do want to increase the amount of money given to us based on our, our uh, EL learners. Uh, let's face it, they do take a little bit more money than regular students, that's the way it is. Um, and they were also beneficial in getting us the uh, elective mid-year unit count, which recognizes the growth in the middle of the year as opposed to once, which the state had had. Uh, school safety and security, obviously uh, they 
want to see that as well. They're working on a lot of personnel equipment related operating costs, which hopefully would be passed more to the state. All right, pre-kindergarten, right now there's a lot of pre-K stuff going on. DSBA supports getting a lot of the pre-K work done um, in our own buildings with us and providing extra money for that. And this is the short version. Okay, adequate state funding. The DSBA membership asserts that there has been a systematic effort to shift financial responsibility for public education from the state budget to district's local property taxing authority. Um, they do oppose any initiative that shifts that much funding uh, from the state to the districts. Um, basically, the state needs to cough up what it, what it uh, said it was going to do. The other thing they strongly support is local district authority, and I know that's been an issue that's come up where we were told we had the authority to do things when in point of fact we absolutely did not. Okay, and the DSBA definitely wants the schools by virtue of 14 Delaware Code Chapter 10, Section 1043, which states in each school district there shall be a board which shall have the authority to administer and supervise the three public schools, the free public schools of the re reorganized school districts and which will have the authority to determine policy, etc. Right now, I think a lot of that is, is uh, the state is encroaching on our territory in that regard, um, and it needs to be corrected. And finally, the DSBA recognizes that the SAT testing as it's currently being done in this state is a joke, and I put that part in there. We're one of two states that tests everybody, whether they want to go to school or not, and there's an awful lot of kids that like drawing little patterns on those dots so they look cool when you look at the page and that has absolutely nothing to do with what the kids know. And as a result, we tend to rank in the bottom year after year, and that should not be happening. Um, they very strongly state that SAT measure of student performance is not an accurate reflection of Delaware students and schools. Alrighty, and to me that's a big one because every year the results come out, some guy gets on the radio and says how bad we are, not recognizing that we do test all of the kids not just the kids that really want to go to school, which is like the other 48 <coughs> states do. I think there's only one other state that tests like we do. So the results are basically bogus. All right, um, specific legislation I'll cover next month um, because, again, there's some things in there we need to know about, but it could take an awfully long time, so we'll just break it up if that's all right. End of report. Thank you, sir. Any questions? 8.07, Special Education Task Force. Dr. Sattler? Just one update. Tomorrow on the 26th, the task force is uh, joining with our parent council group for a combined meet and greet at the Early Le Learning Center in Frankfurt at 6 p.m. Uh, this is similar to the focus group meetings we had a few years ago. It's an opportunity to talk with district officials about uh, special education initiatives or any suggestions. It's open to the public stakeholders, parents, guardians, um, whomever would like to provide input to the district about special education, we're happy to uh, meet with you. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. 8.08 policy. Scott? Yes, we've got uh, two policies here that we'd like to, that are under review. I know Mrs. Bunting, uh, are we sharing, Mrs. Bunting, the policy for uh, bus drivers? Here this evening um, while she's approaching I can share that the school board meeting uh, policy BD we discussed that at length and what we have done is because of the new regulation for the option for virtual board meetings we took feedback from our district council and infused it into uh, 
our current school board meeting policy, so it now includes uh, the option for virtual meetings uh, should we choose to use those to accommodate uh, board members that may not be able to attend. The community use of facilities, we want to return back next month as we had some additional questions under the categories and interpretation. Um, so those two are under review currently, but I would like to um, allow Mrs. Bunning to talk about EE1 school bus driver and school bus aid salary increases. This is a policy before the board for a first reading for school bus driver and school bus aid salary increases. We're bringing this before you for a first reading tonight. Next month, it will be for a second reading if there's any changes in between for policy. The salary for school bus drivers and school bus aides in our district hasn't been changed since 2018, and it's not competitive with surrounding districts. So one of the pieces of this policy is that the board would look at it every year and either say it's fine for the next year or take action on it. We have a school proposed school bus driver and school bus aid salary scale that we will be, be bringing back to the board next month when you do the second reading of this policy as well. So the We're first losing, reading, oh, go, I'm excuse sorry. Me, the first reading is in front of us tonight, just kind of setting up the rules of engagement with this uh, scale. That's correct. We're losing some potential mm -hmm. um, bus drivers who are employees to surrounding districts, so we'd like to be competitive. It's an actionable item. Is there a motion to accept first reading? Do we um, do that? No, I don't, I don't think that mm -hmm. needs to take action. We do need to take action when we come back to student fundraising. Sorry Thank you. IGDS? Yeah, student fundraising. So this we have uh, going through a first read. No suggestions for changes. The change to this is the removal of the food trucks as uh, non-allowable. So uh, we do need uh, to take action on this item if we want to proceed. Those are basically it's cutting out food trucks being permitted on the property. No, it's adding, it's adding it right there. Yes, because currently they're not permitted, okay. but there are options that we feel that they should be permitted on the property. Thank you okay. for explaining. There's our motion so moved motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 8.09, IREA rep. <clears throat> Good evening, ma'am. Good evening, Linda Hockman for IREA. We just have two things. As you know, teachers are very overwhelmed this school year, and we'd like to thank DOE for giving us the time to work in our assignments on November 5th and putting a pause on uh, new PD. And also on October 8th, DSEA conducted True Colors training for custodians and chief custodians. This was part of a voluntary custodian to chief custodian training program, and we want to thank Dr. Owens, Mrs. Bunting, and Mr. Booth for helping to get the program started. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. 9.01, superintendent's report, monthly activities. Yes, within your board docs are my activities for the month of October, um, and I do want to acknowledge uh, 
some of our efforts this month. Uh, you've seen some of our social media uh, efforts to thank our principals. It is Principal Appreciation Month, so we wanted to recognize them, so we were happy to participate in some of those. But uh, within your board docs or is my complete list of activities for the month. Any questions or concerns? Thanks, sir. Financial reports, 10.01. Financial summaries for the month ending September 30th. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Pass it by unanimous vote. Ma'am? The reports in board docs are as of September 30th. We were 25% of the way through the fiscal year. They are updated now with the preliminary budget numbers. We had received 51% of our total budgeted revenue, 28% of budgeted discretionary revenue, 21% of budgeted local tax revenue. We received $0 in interest again in September. We spent 17% of our total budgeted expenses and 31% of budgeted discretionary expenses. The ILC programs have spent 17% of budgeted expenses and Howard T. Annis 24% of budgeted expenses. In part two, you'll see that the student activity funding balance is approximately 557,000. Our ESSERF one funding is fully spent out and is being reconciled and allocated to ESSERF two and three where appropriate. For ESSERF two <coughs> funding, we've spent or encumbered $8.1 million and have $5 million remaining. For ESSERF 3, we have received the entire $29.5 million allotment. We have 780,000 spent or encumbered with 28.7 million remaining. We've received our 2022 federal funds. So we have 38.4 million in federal funds available and we're holding approximately 1 million in donations and student activity and internal accounts. Any questions or concerns with that? Major cap. Major cap, ma'am. We paid out $1.8 million in September. Um, we have not received our 2022 money um, for Sussex Central. We pay interest on that as soon as we receive it, so we will wait to request it when we need it. Okay. Is there a motion to accept the major capital improvement for the month of September? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Pass by your unanimous vote. Minor cap. Minor cap, we've spent approximately $2.8 million and have $477,000 left with our receipt of our tax money. Um, this week for October, we will be able to request the 2022 minor cap funds from DOE with our match. Any questions with minor cap? Motion to accept. Is a motion made? Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Pass it by unanimous vote. Thank, Thank you. you. Communications 11.01 .01, use of facility request. No request at this time. 11.02. Okay, we have trip. several field trips here. Uh, as you're aware, overnight field trips do require board approval. Uh, each of these are for uh, either Sussex Central or Indian River. Uh, the first one overnight trip by Sussex Central High School wrestling team on December 3rd and 4th to Owings Mills, Maryland. 
Number two, an overnight trip by Sussex Central High School wrestling team on December 10th through 11th to Del Mar, Delaware. Overnight trip uh, by Sussex Central High School wrestling team on December 18th and 19th to Newark. Number four, overnight trip by Sussex Central High School wrestling team December 28th to 30th to Shillington, Pennsylvania. Number five, overnight trip, Sussex Central High School wrestling team January 14th and 15th, Berlin, Maryland. Number six, overnight trip, Sussex Central High School January 21st and 2nd to Middletown. Number seven, overnight trip by Indian River High School band and choir April 10th and 13th to Williamsburg, Virginia. This field trip replaces the Indian River High School Band and Choir overnight trip originally, appro originally approved in July 2022. So I would ask for action on uh, those items. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Pass it by unanimous vote. Okay, 12.01, personnel agenda. Is there a motion to accept personnel agenda minus number 53? Somebody else make a motion. Why does it have to be me? <laughs> so moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. Now, uh, Personnel agenda number 53. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Second. All those in favor say aye. 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 I abstain from voting. Will you please fold the board, Ms. Strugglefield? Mr. Castle? Yes. Dr. Hattier? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Abstention. Ms. Moses? Yes. Mr. Peden? Yes. Mrs. Pryor? Yes. Dr. Sattler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? Yes. Seven yes, zero no, and one abstention. Passes by majority. Personnel addendum for October the 25th uh, minus employee number two. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Now, employee number two on the addendum. Is there a motion to accept? Motion so moved. Made. Motion made and seconded. Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Abstain. Ms. Trofield, you please poll the board. Mr. Castle? Abstain. Dr. Hattier? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Ms. Moses? Yes. Mr. Peden? Yes. Mrs. Pryor? Yes. Dr. Sattler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? Yes. Seven yes, zero no, one abstention. Passes by unanimous vote. Uh, is there a contractual agenda this evening? Sir? I don't we believe there was not. I don't believe we had a contractual agreement. Nope. Public comments come to the close of the meeting. Is there anyone in the crowd that has public comments that didn't get to speak or would like to speak now? Hearing none. We come further in front of the board. Meeting adjourned.